We're back. Welcome to Bitpicking Season 3. Hi, Laura. Hi, Mark. Hello, Hello Greg. Hello. How have we been? Okay, I suppose. It's been a long time, hasn't it? We should have worked out how long it's been, I think. I think it's been ages, months and months, hasn't it? It feels it like time's lost meaning. We did try at one point, didn't we? We did. And then we, the, we sort the, of failed. The lost COVID episode. Yeah. Um, well, none of us had COVID, but we recorded and then... Didn't, we didn't, didn't, didn't release it, did we? No. And I'm sorry to say, listeners, <laughs> that that was my fault. I took so long to edit it that the content got quickly out of date. <laughs> Well, I also seem to remember that neither of you actually brought microphones to the recording. That's a bit of a problem, <laughs> isn't it? So, <laughs> that didn't really help. Oh, that's right. Yes, it I do didn't remember get us off on the right yeah. foot, did it? I think it took us about an hour and a half to set up, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and then we had five minutes to talk or something at the end. I'm kind of hoping, though, that this is going to be like, you know, those people that like put 50p in a post office account in like 1952 and then they come back to it. 50 years later and it's worth like half a million I'm kind of hoping like our listen account is going to have done that and just by not looking at it it's just increased for the last 18 months yeah we're just going to come back to it and find that we're listened to by you know let's say 3 million people it's that... perfectly feasible I mean in this remote world we're not bound by the geographies of, uh, of exactly. England anymore so exactly. we may have even got to Wales we we salut <laughs> famous and we don't even know so, it yet yeah it could be that's it it could be yeah. a country where like we're revered as You're superstars God, yeah. <laughs> wow i wonder where that is like be quite funny. or something yeah. like our pictures are on like japanese milk cartons or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's been a busy time for things since we last met. I think all of us have new jobs. No. Ish. Ish. No, I think really. it's just you. Maybe. I Maybe that was on the lost episode. I think it probably was. Yes. But lots of new experiences and stuff to talk about. What's going on in the tech world, uh, which I so think we'll is. cover. Uh, maybe we should start with the big elephant in the tech world which is NFTs. Mark was very reluctant to talk about these. Don't talk to me about NFTs. <laughs> I think his, uh, he might burst a blood vessel. Um, but honestly, I am a little bit naive about them. Not the technicalities behind them, but they seem to be quite popular, what, three or four months ago, maybe longer. Then they died down because everyone said, this is terrible, and the great GPU shortage um, meant that they... they um, couldn't succeed and blah 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 blah. But I saw them in the in the press recently again, and now is it Twitter that are going to provide NFT profile mm-hmm. pics? And I thought, how does that work? And what's it, the point? Well, what is the point? <laughs> which I think is Mark's angle. Um. I, I, I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I'm outraged that we're lending credibility to it by even discussing it. Because it's just a scam, isn't it? It's just a scam. Well, yeah, I was. No I, that's where I'd left it. I thought this is a money laundering thing or a tech bro, um, you know, like show off. And I thought oh, I'll just leave that by the side. But it doesn't seem to be going. Maybe because of people like us talking about it. Um, but I can't understand the Twitter profile thing. But it, maybe it is a, a scarcity thing because I do sort of want one. 
I'm like, well, if everyone else is going to get a hexagon profile pick, I'll sell you one. <laughs> it's fine. I'll draw one for you now. That, that reminds Probably. me of that app that they used to get. It was like a gemstone, and it was it's basically oh, just how that? rich am I? Is that and you pay something like a grand? Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> is it that? Is yeah. that the equivalent? The Twitter pick that's, that's just that's, I'm that's, just so rich. Yeah, that's. I've got a hexagon. That's is that it? <laughs> I think it's Although as someone right. pointed out, you could just make your profile picture a hexagon, hexagon. and then you can't tell the difference. <laughs> so Can it this because I'm a bit naive with this, I've not followed it because I just I'm just a bit weary of the whole thing. But is it just images or could we like have an NFT podcast? Oh no, strictly strictly you can, <laughs> so it can be anything. you can NFT anything because you're not selling anything. You're selling the receipt that says yeah. that you bought a receipt for the thing that you don't own. There was a guy. What was it? Oh God! I'm driving me nuts just thinking about it. But there was something about owning a flipping Kia Sedona, like the car, and some guy was like selling NFTs for it, and then just made off with the money, like because you weren't even buying the Kia Sedona, you were buying an NFT of the. I, I like it. Doesn't doesn't make any sense. I'm glad you you told me it was the car because I was about to ask you who Kia Sedona was. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, oh, it's the footballer. All the, all the rage on sure. TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> is that, it was that other, this is a... Kia Starmer, Kia Sedona. <laughs> that's, that's the link I made. I was like, Kia, oh, it's a person. I've not heard of that. Maybe that's his, yeah, wife. <laughs> I saw, actually talking to TikTok, I saw a TikTok yesterday which was NFT related and there was a panel interview with uh, Quentin Tarantino the pop fiction director and then <laughs> and then a tech bro who um who was promoting nfts and he was saying how you could um the dancing scene in pulp fiction you could break that down to every single frame and then you could nft every frame and then the one there's one famous kind of memeable frame within that scene um and um you could then create an nft of that and sell that and it would go for millions because somebody would say right well i own you know, the, that particular frame. And Quentin Tarantino was there, just like, but why? Mm. Like, this sounds stupid. And I was like, yes, this is going to be a big takedown where Quentin Tarantino is going to be like, you complete knobheads, what are you doing? And then this other person was like, well, what it's like is, what you're not getting, Quentin, is that when you get the NFT, it's like you've got this code. It's a bit like the Matrix. And you can look into the image and then I can show, see, I can show by looking at this Matrix code that this particular person owns it. But anyone else who looks into the Matrix will see the same thing. So everybody now knows who owns it. And I was like, that is a bollocks explanation. And Quentin was lapping it up. He's like, oh, I can see it now. Yeah, wow, that sounds amazing. I was like, what? That did not go the way I was hoping. No, it strikes me as like, you know, when you buy a star... That's like what I've heard it compared to. A patch yes. of land exactly. and you become a laird or a it's lady like, in yeah. Scotland. And it's, it's like, like I've literally got an acre a sod of, of turf or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> when we get to the moon, I've got an acre. Have you? <laughs> yeah. I was given that when I was nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> Your little son, like Greg's Acre. Greg's Acre, Greg's yeah. Acre. Moonland. Um, but it is a bit like that, isn't it? It's it just is, so, yeah. You can't really do much with it, but you can prove you have it. You can look at it. But what can you actually do with it? So can you sell, could you sell your frame of Pulp Fiction for more, I guess? Presumably you could transfer it on the blockchain so to someone else. You could and, appreciate, yeah. and that's a good thing, if it does. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I'm trying to get my head around it. 
I think we should tr- <laughs> attempt to NFT this episode. I think we should. Yeah. That works. Oh yeah, that's. Um, I'm, I'm I'm sold. I'm sold on it. This episode. This second of this episode is going to yeah. be an NFT, and then the next second could also be an NFT. Yeah. The yeah. thing that the thing that I also don't get is surely the uh, my understanding is there are multiple blockchains. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Ether, Ethereum or Ether- yeah. Ethereum. 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 Yeah, is one, and then. Um, Dogecoin is that another one and all that? Yeah, Monero is another blockchain, I think. So does that not mean that these things could exist on all of those blockchains? And so I, Mm. so then is there going to be a blockchain of blockchains where I I can prove that I'm the owner of the Pulp Fiction frame on this particular blockchain, (laughs) which is which is better than this other one? But there are (laughs) there are services net that will transfer things between blockchains for you. And that was actually the subject of a uh, of a hack. Kel surprise! Someone <laughs> someone got hacked and had all their Bitcoin stolen. But they made use of um, uh, this kind of contract that lives on the on the chain that that was swapping money. Well, money, it's not money. Let's get that clear. <laughs> not money. Was swapping hashes between blockchains. Um, and uh, yeah, and they made use of the, the poorly written contract because contracts just code, and so it then has bugs in it. Um, and then they stole everyone's money and then gave it back. So I'm not quite sure is what it happened. Just proving there, a point, is it? Possibly. It, the, is it because it's not regulated? So there's no standards to develop that code yeah, to well, or something. Uh, what you find very quickly is all the crypto bros <laughs> that are having their money stolen are very quick to clamour for the FBI or whoever to investigate, you know, and you're like, so what you really want is kind of regulation and (laughs) to make sure this can't happen. Oh yeah. How do you think the banking system was invented? What happened to the uh, Facebook cryptocurrency? Libera was it? Was was that? That's it. Yeah. Libera. Libera. Everyone said. Why didn't they? Didn't you tell them to do one and say, I don't think that's a good idea, lads. Right. Okay. I've got a feeling it all fell apart because I think everyone got a bit nervous that yeah. you might give your quote money to quote Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> quotes. I feel like the term crypto has gone the way of DevOps where it now doesn't actually mean what it was intended to be mean. Because I heard about the Squid Game um, oh, I've not seen scam that. the other day, which was somebody invented a Squid Game currency and then they started selling it off and so people were buying in. Um, and then they just sort of like laughed and walked out the door and said, ha ha, this isn't real. <laughs> they just took all this money. And then it was all described as crypto. And maybe there was something crypto in it. But one of the things that I think was a good giveaway was you couldn't, once you bought this currency, you couldn't trade it. Mm. So you just had squid currency, whatever the coin was called, I don't know. And I was like, well, surely that was a massive tell to say that this is not the right thing because you because you're just buying a thing then aren't you i mean they could have been just selling those little tokens you get in arcade machines <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah tickets that come tickets out, out. Like, yeah, yeah buy four thousand of these you know? and i like it doesn't mean anything <laughs> i seem to recall reading a couple of weeks ago that someone literally had some currency that was called uh, let's say it was called like scam coin or something like that <laughs> Which people bought, and then they got scammed out of it. And it was like, well, well, what did you expect? Literally <laughs> printed on the on the paper. That's crazy. Do you own any crypto? I was going to say, have you invested? I guess you have. Yeah, loads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know uh, someone that's no. invested a hundred grand. 
Really? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not, not me. It's not your husband. <laughs> it's not my husband, no, definitely yeah. not. I would know about that. Wow. <laughs> no, for that, that's really grand. a lot of their house. Um, basically, like the value, like all the money, basically they've put in. Do you know they what, must be what, rich, though. I don't know yeah. how much they've made from it. But well, yeah. this is undeniably people are getting rich from it. Yeah. But yeah. people also got rich from the from the gold rush, and the people that got rich were the people selling the spades, not the people digging. For the gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so undeniably people are getting rich, but so you, know, a, 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 a you bought cost. a spade. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to work out what you're telling me. <laughs> But this is what I've sort of been trying to trying to explain to my son, who's like, "Oh, Dad, can I can I you know buy some crypto? Because all you have to do is find the, you know, the right one that's gonna like rock it and, yeah, and yeah. all that." And you're like, "Yeah, but everyone's doing that, so the chances of it you it being works, you though, is yeah. uh, you know." Yeah. Have you been following on on places like Reddit where they get these? I don't know what the terms are for it, but they have these big community um, drives against particular stocks. It's right, not, it's yeah, not, it's yeah, not yeah. strictly crypto related, but there was a whole um, GameStop situation yeah, yeah. where where they were shorting GameStop or something. I don't know. I'm trying to sound clever, but they were doing something that was artificially pushing up the GameStop price, and therefore the institutional investors had to do something. And if they did do the thing they were trying to get them to do, then everyone would have made a ton of money. Um, and uh, yeah, did you see all of that? Yeah, I, I accidentally made a hundred dollars off. <laughs> 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 say accidentally because I bought so I saw it going on and I was like oh maybe I should and I and I, uh, and I, I bought um, I think I bought like a hundred dollars worth of AMC or something that's right the theatre chain yeah and and two minutes later I thought this is fucking ridiculous <laughs> like what what am I doing like not not just I mean you know the not so much the money but just like well, this is, it's just stupid like partaking in this whole thing so I then decided to sell. Unfortunately, with the outlays of selling, it, they they then weren't going to sell it until the following morning. Luckily, the following morning, the price had doubled. <laughs> so when they finally sold it, I made some money. So I don't feel good about it. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I did actually make money off of it. It was quite fascinating, though, this, like, this mass movement where, you know, on these communities, this one happened to be Reddit. Um, but you know they just got these communities and there was this whole sort of group mentality there's their own language they've got their own strategies and of course everyone's now an expert in stocks and stuff and how this stuff works but it's it's all kind of part of the um it's all part of the scam isn't it like if you can make people feel like they're buying into something special yeah you know and then keep them hyped on it and then you're taking money out whilst they're putting money in you know, and you're like, oh, keep going, lads, keep going. Yeah, yeah you just hold on to your stock. <laughs> I'll just cash mine out. You know. Yeah. So well, it was one of the things because one of the one of the phrases was to hold, and it was like, yeah. keep holding, boys, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. They was all the comments. Although hold was spent H O L D, hodl, H O D L, yeah, um, hodl, and that was the thing. And I was like, this doesn't seem like good advice. And then people would hold, 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 and then eventually it did all crash. And of course, anyone who was holding or hodling <laughs> until after that point lost everything. Wow. You know, and I was like, wow, you've, I don't know, that doesn't seem sensible to me, but I suppose you don't know what you're doing and you just get caught up in the hype of it. Well, I don't know. I don't Maybe you've got I'm money doing. to burn. <laughs> so yeah. I've, got, I've got an interesting real world use case of crypto because that's the one thing that's entirely missing from this whole yeah, ecosystem. Yeah. So, so uh, a use case that is relevant to me in the job that I do is uh, a company called Helium. 
uh, and uh, helium uh, cell LoRa gateways. So they're gateways for IoT, de IoT devices, right? So imagine something that's kind of halfway between a Wi-Fi router and a mobile mast, right? You know, you deploy it, and then IoT devices all around can can talk, you know, send data through these through these gateways. Um, and there are networks uh, out there that you know try and sort of be community based and say, look, if you deploy a network, you know, other devices can use it, you know, through the goodness of your heart and all that kind of stuff. And they don't get that much in the way of you know coverage. Basically, I think there's one or two deployed in Bournemouth, maybe. Um, Helium. Uh, are incentivizing people to do it by uh, you earn cryptocurrency from deploying a gateway. So based on, you know, they talk about kind of proof of work in crypto, like this is the whole, you know, wasting energy on mm -hmm. doing math to earn it, right? And, and uh, Helium Crypto works on proof of coverage. So in other words, the more devices that are on your, uh, on your gateway and deployed and using your gateway to talk, the more cryptocurrency you earn. And now actually if you look at sort of deployments of uh, Helium IoT gateways, you know, around Bournemouth, there's quite Sky a few and all over. Yeah, and yeah, this, it is incentivizing people to deploy it. What, what crypto are you earning? You're earning Helium coin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so some other arbitrary token that you may or may not be able to actually exchange for cash or anything useful at some point in the right. in the future so so you started this by saying this was a valid use case of crypto i didn't say it's a valid use case i said it's a real world use case oh, real world. <laughs> it's, it's actually in the real world but is it actually you, useful well, well this is so is it useful yes in the sense that well now people are deploying iot gateways and you can make use of them if you, you know, want to deploy your iot devices is it useful that they're earning cryptocurrency off of it Maybe. And how many helium coins do you have, <laughs> Mark? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, is what can you do with it? I mean, I can, I can understand. Um, it seems like one of those. This is another thing that came up recently. A nudge that I've come across about how do you how do you nudge people into doing the things you want? And it feels like that. So, is that would that be a good example of that? Where you're sort of saying, well, I, I want to get people to employ these gateways. How can I subtly nudge them into it? Or maybe it's overt. It's less of a nudge and more of a big fat slap in the face. Um, so I can see that, but it doesn't work if you can't spend the crypto, surely. It's like those brave rewards you get in the Brave browser. Like, What can you actually do with so, them? Yeah, like a behavioural nudge, but usually it's like an intrinsic thing, like I achieved something or, yeah. you know, I've, I followed a pattern or, or something. But this, yeah, it doesn't feel like you get anything back. Yeah. One helium coin is worth $44 currently. Or maybe they can be traded. Maybe that's... Cause if yeah, you got, can, if you can, a... you can trade them, right? So you can do stuff with them. Yeah. I'm just generally, as a person, I'm, I'm just not interested. I don't have the gambling gene or whatever part of it is you know we before we started recording we were talking about casinos and i was just thinking i, I can't imagine a situation where i'd ever go to a casino i'd be so bored i'd just be yeah yeah and so this in is in my head is in the same sort of area that i just wouldn't want the the risk of of losing it all i can cope with it I'm not, i mean i'm not generally risk averse but for this situation i am i'm like it, well, i'm just not interested I've, you know, i'll keep like, what i've got yeah it does feel like a casino doesn't it where the understood 
wisdom is the house always wins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. Surely someone else is winning here, not me, like with crypto. It must be someone else, you know, it can't be yeah. real. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, as I explained to my kids, it's a zero-sum game, right? So for every for every dollar that someone gains, someone mm. somewhere else has lost a dollar. It's not generating any mm. more money or value in the world. Um, so if you want to call, if you want to be transparent about crypto and say it's just gambling, fine. I, so it, it probably irks me even more that people try and pass it off as some yeah, it's legitimate yeah, yeah. attempt to you know <laughs> upend the banking industry where actually it's just you know what, let's have a bet. Oh, I'm bored of crypto now. (laughs) (laughs) During, um, if you've been listening to season two, which was a while ago, I did end up during my lockdown and I was fallowed for a bit and I did build an app that I ended up putting on the app store. And then, of course, as soon as I got back to work, I didn't touch it anymore. And if you look at my GitHub checking graph, it's like a very clear like flat drop line. Off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, but recently I've been trying to get back into it to um, uh, to update it because iOS has been updated. It's, a, it's an iPhone only app. iOS has been updated. There's a new version of Swift. There's a new version of SwiftUI, which is the technologies I've been using. And it's been quite fascinating, fascinating again, watching myself and how I am a developer. Um, and sort of because it's for fun, really enjoying myself and spending like... I mean, days, like in, in real time, not, not days in, I'm sorry, in elapsed time, not in real time. Um, so a couple of hours a day, maybe a, over a couple of um, days in a week on like a problem and doing all of this and thinking, oh, this is really exciting, really into it. But then later on, realizing that I've done it completely wrong <laughs> and like finding out there's one Stack Overflow post or one developer forum thing that said oh no you can just do this and then realizing that I've built this entire structure around the fact that I didn't know that there was this particular API call or something that I could have done right at the beginning and moved on and then sort of sitting there like not upset with myself but thinking but I really enjoyed it I really enjoyed doing it wrong but ultimately I wasted a lot of time because now I can (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've reinvented the wheel. I can delete like tons of commits that are no longer necessary or reverse it. And like really sort of thinking, wow, what, what, you know, which bit shall I play with? Is the goal to just get something done and shipped? Or is it, you know, it's yeah. like journey and destination kind of stuff. Um, so it's been really cool to be back in that world, but being frustrated, but then being excited, you know, and trying to think like if I was a professional developer again, would would I have the same response or would would the pressures of like being in a job mean that I'd just be so upset with myself that I'd wasted all this yeah. time yeah. all of that kind of stuff sorry you said again <laughs> I was going to say it's probably to do with like the context isn't it that you there was low pressure there was no no one looking over your shoulder to say have you delivered this thing is in within the time frame or whatever it's just for fun it was the process and then yeah if, if you're at work you'd be in tears yeah <laughs> again <laughs> yeah because there was a thing actually um the specifics were that um apple had released the, the new version of um of swift and it's got this thing in it called async await in version 5.5 which is a um an asynchronous programming technique so rather than having a load of callbacks you can um async something and then later await it um and um sort of write as if it was uh, concurrent code even though it's not really and I'd been using like Swift was all about callbacks um, 
and so I wanted to convert the whole thing into this async await model, um, which is really cool. And it's actually it does make the code a lot nicer. So I'm definitely pro that. Is it? It's a Kotlin thing already, isn't it, Mark? Uh, yeah, it's been yeah. Kotlin's done it for a while. JavaScript has it. Right. Okay. Um, ES6 JavaScript introduced. So Swift that. is catching up again. Yeah, Swift only you know a few years behind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the problems I had though was. Um, uh, which I'm sort of proud of, but not really, was uh, I had to make a lot of network calls to the Apple Music API. So um, actually one of the things I did wrong was uh, at one point I had to collect every track on an album. So I'd get an album off the Apple Music API and then I'd have to query every track. Um, and with the new async await model, you can basically farm all of that off into the background. So I thought, right, well, if I I'll get my tracks and I'll go and collect them all at the same time. Um, which was okay when there was only a handful of tracks, but then when you found an album where there was 20 or 30 tracks and uh, iOS was firing them all off and they were quickly getting rate limited by Apple Music, like it was so fast that actually Apple Music API was saying, nah, ah, ah. so I'd get the first five and then the rest would fail. Um, so I was like, ah, okay, well, at least I've, I've got very efficient code. But then, of course, then I had to rewind it. Um, and I mean, I, I could have handled it in more elegantly with cancellations and stuff, but I was just like, you know what, I'll just... I'll farm off that bit, but when I'm doing that bit, I'll do it one by one, so that I don't hit that sort of problem. So, there's a when you when you you know talking about like finding easy ways to do things. There's a lot of satisfaction involved in ripping out a whole load mm. of code, and then going, oh, actually, I can do it with this like one thing here. Fix it in a like, simple way. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I love deleting code. My last branch <laughs> last night was actually was called the the big code cull. Because I'd learnt this new thing. This is why it's called yeah. topical. I'd learnt this new thing. I was like, shit, everything I've done for the last two weeks is now null and void. So I was like, right, code curl. This is like every commit. I've just like ripped out lines of code. And yeah, it's pretty, it is quite satisfying. Is this yeah. like a philosophical thing though, that that's where experience comes from? That, you know, if you were going to be tutoring someone who was a junior, you'd say, oh, by the way, you know, have a look, you know, have a look. Is there something that you think already exists or are you reinventing the wheel? You yeah, know, it's something you look do. out for now maybe, isn't it? That's experience, yeah. isn't it? How you learn. But um, yeah, I'm interested to know how your app's doing. Is it, is it in uh, the wild still? Yeah, it's in the wild. It gets maybe two or three installs a day. Wow. Yeah. It, it's wow. huge in all the places that bit picking is huge. <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad I haven't actually got it. No. No, well, actually, since it, since I first invented it, quite a lot of the services have caught up now. Oh. Um, so the for for the uninitiated listeners, it's called Listen Later, and it was a a kind of um, album bookmarking. So I've I've never been a big fan of um, playlists, but I do quite often want to think I want to play a particular album, and then I'll play the album sort of start mm -hmm. to finish. But there isn't there wasn't an easy way for me to sort of given my huge library of music or Apple Music or Spotify to sort of just have okay well I've remembered this one I want to put it to the top of the list and listen mm. to it later hence the name listen later so it just it, it does that so it's just a really simple interface you can browse the whole of Apple Music and just to say right well, save me that one for later and then later on you can just mm. play it back and um, but yeah quite a lot of the services now do this so Apple have a um, have a similar thing which is tied into Shazam so you can Shazam a, um, a thing as you think about it and store that um, someone I was trying to talk to about it said well all I do is I just use my search history so if I'm if I'm thinking of an album I'll just search for the album mm. I won't play it at that point in fact I'll just close the app and then later I'll go back to my search history and I was like actually that's quite a smart yeah I know yeah. someone else used to that if they needed to remember to do something they would just open a browser tab 
type it search Google for the search thing, right? and then just leave the tab that's over. Clever. That's clever. Yeah. I like how Shazam's become like a verb. So you can Shazam a plant now. Have you seen the, the app that like is obviously some kind of AI that tells you what it is, but it's a, it's like a verb. You can oh, okay. Shazam a plant and Shazam a whatever food or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I find Shazam magic. I think it is. I yeah. Think, I think because there's um because there's now actually recently a Shazam kit in iOS. So I'm going to try and do oh. that as well, so that I can add you can add an album to your collection in my app using Shazam. But I just find it fascinating. Like and I and I'm, I'm like trying to catch it out. Because there can be a yeah. ton of background noise. It can be the first three seconds of the track, which where really is nothing going on. And it will be like, oh, are you listening to whatever? And you're like, yes, I am. How do you know this? <laughs> and like it, magic. Um, but it's actually, Shazam's been around for a long time. Has, right? yeah. I remember doing it on an old, you know, like feature phone, right? So yeah, was it yeah. 2580? Because that was just the numbers down the middle of the keypad. 2580 was the number that you could call. Oh, to Shazam attack when you're in yeah. the club. Yeah, the days before you had apps <laughs> on your apps Didn't they could do that? Yeah, yeah. You literally, you, it was like dial up, two five eight zero. Hold the phone up, let it listen. Just got a chap on the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really yeah, good. It's just a bloke like the guy that knows does, loads of stuff. Yeah. Just, what you call it? Travis, Hot master. Just like, yeah, I know this one. <laughs> 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 That's what we did after we leave in radio too. <laughs> Actually, has he been cancelled? Oh God, almost oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll edit that bit out. We'll put it out. Don't mention the hairy cornflake. We'll have to sack Greg now, won't we? <laughs> so I'm interested, Laura, in what's going on in the world of UX these days. Have you been allowed out to conferences again yet? I'm doing one on Thursday. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. But is it's it, remote it? again, so it's not, uh, yeah. Ah, that's yeah. fun, is it? Yeah, I think, I think it's going to take a while to open them up, actually. Right. Because everyone's still a bit nervous and, and everything. And, you know, they're booked so far ahead that... They just can't work out whether there's going to be any restrictions. So I think they lose a lot of money, obviously, if they don't right. put them on. You know, they don't sell the tickets. People can't turn up. So, yeah, it's a bit of a... What's your experience yeah. been like of online conferences? It's difficult, isn't it? Because I like that you, you get all the sort of little conversations that go on. You can't really have that. You, I, f- I find that I'm distracted too easily as well. Right. So, you know, whereas you're at a conference, you're immersed... You know, you can't you can't do that. I just end up looking at my email and going off yeah, and wandering off. Yeah, right. Yeah, alt tab. Yeah. Go to do something else. Look at Twitter. Yeah. Go to the shop. Come back. Miss a few sessions. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm useless at online. It must <laughs> be a bit awkward conferences. if you're in the middle of your talk and then you switch I to just Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Just go to the loop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Forget to turn the mic off. <laughs> Who was telling me? Was it you that was telling me, Greg, about some about some hop in? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah so I haven't I haven't done this yet, but there's a. Um, I, I think you may have heard of it, Laura. The the Zoom for conferences is called Hop in. Oh yeah. Yeah, actually. I hate that thing. Oh, do you? Okay. <laughs> I hate it. There's well, a everyone hates it. Welcome to our new sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> hop in. One Surprise! Of the, one of the features that I'd seen, I haven't done it myself, is that in order to get over this networking. They have these um, networking rooms, and it will just pair you with yeah. someone, like randomly, <laughs> and then you get like a few minutes or whatever to talk to each other. I'm like, there's no way. I mean, what did you call it, Mark? Chat That's roulette. Chat roulette. That's chat roulette. Yeah. Do you, think, do, you, do you think comp roulette is taken as a domain name? <gasps> oh, comp do you know what? I, the only reason I didn't like copping, it might be unfair, but I think it is fair, is they had a, an issue, just basically a bug with their website where you log in and it had an overlay. And it popped up and said, you know, you need to update your profile information to agree to our terms. So 
I'd say okay, and then it'd refresh, and basically I couldn't get rid of the overlay at all on any browser, and I think, I can't be the only one. You know, when you get that, you think, I can't <laughs> yeah, be the only yeah, one, like, there's yeah. no one logging into these conferences, because yeah. I just don't, I can't work out what it is. It's like, do I have to, like, inspect it and remove the overlay so I can tap the sure thing was, behind it? Are you it? sure you bought a new monitor and you still have the sticker <laughs> on the <laughs> screen? I still have the plastic on. Just my glasses, I've got a smudge across them or something. <laughs> Could be. So did you do that networking thing? Have you got experience of actually being paired with a, a different, random... Yeah, I've used a different conference where you pair, you put on a table, a virtual table, and then oh, as okay. soon as it, it opens up, you've all got... It suddenly just switches all your cameras on and you're in a in a room or on a table. That is my idea of hell. And it is, it is really hellish because you don't know when... Because someone else is in control of when it switches from like the lounge or the stage or whatever it's called to the room you're in or the table you're on. So you have no control. It just suddenly starts and then it suddenly stop again and take you back. And it's just really, wow. yeah, not very well implemented on one of these. Yeah, there's also Because I can imagine like, a lot of that networking stuff at conferences mm. is more just because you're, you're there, yeah. right? And you're, you're a bit of a captive audience, right? So you kind of have to do it. I imagine yeah. to your point about just like, I, I, just need, I just need to go and check my email. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, it must be very difficult. You're like, well, I don't need to be here. So yeah, yeah. Why don't we all just go and check our email and then be done with it? <laughs> I end up sticking like a post-it note over the over the <laughs> camera. So if it does switch on, it's just like a little blue, yeah. like yeah, curtain, basically. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like the equivalent yeah. of pulling the neck curtains and watching out everyone out there, yeah, yeah. but no one can see in. Mm, clever. Clever. I love the fact, I, like, I think there's a... There's a lot of debate over the definition of extrovert and introvert and who is and what is it. But it does strike me that all of that is what would be considered extrovert. Yeah. You know, like product managers who are like, this is what everybody wants. Right. right. They just want to be like dropped in and yeah. just start chatting with random people. And I think and there must be plenty of personality types that would not enjoy that. But it's trying model. The, I think what they've done is they've tried to match it to the real world because and I can't understand this. So you would you would have people just walk up to you in real life and go, Hi, I'm so and so and you they'd be in your space and you'd be on your phone checking your email and they'd pop up. But I think there's a, a difference, isn't there, where you pick up on when that's gonna happen, maybe you walk off if you're yeah, not that sort yeah, of person exactly. or like yeah, yeah. yeah, you know where not to place yourself in the middle of the busiest room. You might go find a quiet spot. But yeah, all that nuance is missing, isn't it? And mm. they've just tried, yeah, like you say, tried to match it to that. And I did go. I actually works. went to an in-person conference not too long did ago. You? Yeah, up in um, or over in Brighton, um, and I, I honestly, it was like I'd, I was a baby. I'd completely <laughs> forgotten how to act in public. I mean, not in any like embarrassing way, but it was just like you know, I'd been to plenty of conferences, and yet for some reason, this one, I did feel kind of awkward. I was like, what are we meant yeah. to do? Like. You know, and I was sort of in awe of people that would just walk up to other people and just start chatting. Yeah. Like, whereas I just felt so incredibly self-conscious about the whole thing. I had to really kind of push myself. And when people came up to me, I just felt incredibly on edge. Like I was then like, <laughs> I had to perform. It just didn't feel natural yeah. at all. But And I don't remember feeling like that like any period in the past. So either I'm just getting old and like curmudgeon now. I'm nodding, <laughs> but I don't actually mean that. <laughs> Or, or there you know, the change in our behaviour was um, is quite real. I had the same though. I recently went to the first time I went into an office, and I just felt like I literally had no words. I just couldn't like cognate <laughs> how to speak, and I was like, I've lost all my social skills. And I'm like, how, what do what do I do? Do I sit near people, or do I say? 
hi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah. We've, <laughs> it's my slippers. Um, I mean, we spoke about this a lot in the last season, but we've had a trouble. We've had a trouble. We've had trouble with um, the remote working mixed with in-person working mm-hmm. and noise levels. Because if you're on a call in the office, so we have some people going into the office um, like irregularly, um, but if you're on a call in the office and the other people in the office aren't on the call, then their voices can be heard and you can mm. hear them. And it's so, it's really difficult. And it's it's almost like we, we'd all be better off if we were all remote again. Or all in the office. Or, or, yeah. or all in the or, office, like yeah. the middle ground. Yeah, it was all right when there was one or two people remote. Yeah. Well, it was never all right, I suppose, but it was manageable. Mm. But when it's so even... Yeah, you know, it does slightly difficult. astonish me that that we ever sort of worked in offices with loads of people sat around you chatting and doing stuff, and we would sit on <laughs> how did we do calls it? <laughs> with other people? Because now, if I'm in, a, if someone else is within twenty feet of me whilst I'm trying to do a call, yeah. and shut up! <laughs> <laughs> you just get used so, to the quiet of your own little yeah, bubble, yeah, don't yeah. you? Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's remarkable. So I had cause this week uh, to start needing to figure out um, Microsoft Azure, which is not something I've really done before. I've always been an AWS kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and so it, that's been really interesting for me from the perspective of just being brand new to it. With AWS, I know my way around it. I know what's where, how to do it, how to set everything up. Uh, with Azure... I, I don't know. So I've come at it with these like fresh eyes of what's the experience like for someone who doesn't know this stuff. Uh, and whether it's Azure or AWS, I imagine it's probably not dissimilar. Um, it's incredibly confusing. I mean, it really, <laughs> really is. That experience of kind of uh, uh, opening up a console, having masses and masses of menu options to choose from. Yeah. You're not quite sure which one you need uh, I go and look at storage and I've got blob storage and table storage and um, Cosmos DB storage and Cosmos DB storage is kind of like table storage um, how do I know which one I want I'm not quite sure <laughs> yeah how to do that how do I set up this like does this organisation belong to me or my company um, Yeah, is it secure like I don't know how would I how would I find out like how do I make sure that no one's you know, and, and things like the the, the um, internet is full of tales of people that accidentally took their company's data and put it on S3 without realising that it was open to the world. Right, and, yeah, you know, yeah. someone just goes and downloads it and those kind of things. And it, it, that makes me sort of panic a little bit. Above all, I mean, if I was to make one particular criticism of Microsoft, everywhere you turn, you're faced with lawyer's language about licenses and stuff yep. and you're like is that do I have a license I don't know like how do I get a license do I have that license like and it's full of that language and I find it absolutely baffling if I'm honest I went to the pricing page for their virtual desktops so what I needed was just a virtual windows desktop uh, I wanted to understand how much it was going to cost me and I went to their pricing page uh, there is not a single dollar sign anywhere on their pricing page. It's quite a lengthy <laughs> pricing page, and I literally searched for dollar sign, and it didn't have one on it. 
So I what do I make of that? Like, and then I went to the pricing <laughs> calculator. So it said, here's a link to a pricing calculator. So I went to the pricing calculator and uh, you, it was like, well, how many users? And I'm like, well, one, it's just me. So then it just, I put in one and it was like, remember, you can't have one, you need a hundred. Like, well, I, okay, right. <laughs> what does that mean? Does that mean this isn't the service for me or like? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was just, it, it, it's, it's, it's baffling. Um, I found myself just dumped into screens that had GUIDs printed everywhere. And uh, what's that? What does that mean? Like, I mean, obviously I know what a GUID is, but like, I'm like, well, why are you showing me that? I just want to create this storage thing. Yeah. And now you're showing me this. And like, and I think um, I pity anyone that doesn't already know this stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, because presumably it's the same experience if you were going the other way, right? And you're going into AWS. Yeah, I, 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 I think AWS is better, yeah. probably, in that at least, at least they're not baffling you with licenses. If I go and look at the pricing page for Amazon Workspaces, virtual desktops, it literally it's says, clear, yeah. if you run this for an hour, it will cost you X. Yeah. Rather than, well, if you have the Microsoft Enterprise <laughs> Diamond League entitlement. Jargon, basically. Yeah, then you can get this and that. Uh, like, I, I don't know. I can't believe you can't, like, companies th- this big, you can't actually give your money to them. <laughs> You know, right. like, how are they actually making money if you can't even, I like, forcefully give it to them? The reason I was looking at Azure for my virtual desktop was because, actually, there was another... There was an issue in AWS, <laughs> which is where I was trying to follow that. And it, it, what was most annoying was that I've done this many times before, uh, and I needed to set something up in order to get workspaces working. I couldn't find the option that I needed that's, that's listed explicitly in their tutorial, like do this so I just had to remind myself what to, well I only ended up in the tutorial because it wasn't there in the first place so I'm like <laughs> I'm pretty sure I remember how to do this go to the tutorial it's like do this and I'm like well I haven't got that option <laughs> that turned out just to be because I was in the wrong region and it just happened to not be an option in that region there's nothing to tell you that but anyway um, so then I'm like well surely Microsoft can give me a Windows desktop how hard can that be <laughs> <laughs> apparently very very hard and it's just uh, it's 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 nuts and i think it's just like endemic in user experience is like you know thinking from a developer perspective is you you just forget that people haven't used this yeah and you as someone building it or as a lawyer (laughs) you know exactly what these things mean and you know exactly why they're important but to someone else, like I have, yeah. not, why are you even telling me this? And the answer is almost certainly because if I haven't told you this, you can sue my ass off later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or it's probably just the classic, you know, the, the the team building it are like, well, this is a tech product, so it doesn't need to be designed because the right. tech yeah, people yeah, 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 know yeah, how yeah. to use the tech product. Yeah. Um, and they don't think of that, you know, that we're all human at the end of the day. We're all subject to the same behavioral patterns and you know, way, ways we look at things on the screen and the way we interpret things. Yeah, so they, they just um, forget that bit, I guess. Yeah. The pricing was always confused me. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just wanted a number, like Mark says, but it would never get that. Even if you're doing sort of normal like um, servers or whatever, that you'd say, right, well, the price per hour for the T2 micro is this, but then you have to add on the price for the disk space and what kind of speed disk do you want? And then, oh, and then there's an ingress and an egress. I'm sure it was never called ingress or egress when it started. This seems to be a modern <laughs> phrase. But anyway, there's a, 
you know, a data transfer fee as well, and you have to estimate that. And so actually, your your cost. And I was like, I just want a fixed cost. I'm it's like, like the just... Ryanair of hosting <laughs> yeah, but, and but, stuff. But, but <laughs> see also asking the development team for an estimate. <laughs> and, and, and we all know why I can't just because what you want from me is an estimate that says sure it'll be four weeks and we all know why I can't give you an estimate that is four weeks but it's very frustrating for you as a as a customer to not be I think I'm just answer. willing to pay for the slack in that in that mode because like you said mostly I'm not doing things at such levels of volume that the difference between 0.03 cents per gigabyte and 0.029 is going to yeah. be significant so i just like i just want a price you know but then i think that's not that's not a service that's designed for my use case so i suspect maybe you know your windows desktop was not that wasn't really what that was designed for i mean i, I played no, with that no, for yeah. a bit because I, I was trying to do online gaming for a while like streaming and you can like rent gpus and i'd worked out that it was actually in all instances, it would have been cheaper for me to have a GPU in the cloud and stream the, the monitor to my monitor, as in like you know remote gaming, yeah. than it was to go out and buy a gaming PC or an Xbox or whatever. Um, but actually, the reason I didn't do that was because the setup was so complicated. <laughs> Trying to work out what machine you needed to get in Azure or GCP or whatever that had the GPU that was of the right type to run a game and that kind of stuff. It was just bonkers, you know. And I thought, no, I'll, I'll just go and buy a PC. <laughs> so I can rent you some space on my PC if you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Show me your pricing page. Okay, team. How do we feel after that run out? Pumped. Pumped. Ooh. <laughs> Sight. Podcast bros. <laughs> bros? <laughs> I feel quite irate now, actually. I think I've, I've, I've forgotten how my blood, blood pressure up. rises whilst I'm doing these podcasts. <laughs> did, we did pick topics that seem to, to rile you. Yeah, Maybe we need to TikTok it. I feel like I, I, should, I, I need to gain like an internet personality where I'm just like this raging IT rage, kind of guy. Tech rage. You can yeah, realise me. Uh, who's the Sandy Hook guy? What's his name? Oh, Alex Jones. <laughs> you can be the Alex Jones of tech. <laughs> You're just like super shouty all the time. Yeah. You need a new bit called Rage Against the Machine or something. We'll play some music <laughs> and you can smash some stuff up. Yeah, all right. Have a yeah, good old cool. scream. Cool, that sounds good. Yeah, reminded to put a bit of put a Rage Against the Machine bed underneath this. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty tame. Well, yeah. you, you, you hold it in quite, quite effectively. Thank you very much. Should we do it again? We should. Yeah. I think we're back. We're should, back. We do, should we do it? Like before the next eighteen months have elapsed, <laughs> yes. I think we can squeeze it in. All right. Yeah, yeah. Let's make it a date. All right. Until then. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Mark. Oh, she's remembered. <laughs> <laughs> I remembered your names. Oh. <laughs> I've got them written on my hands. <laughs> <laughs>